fire up. I'm proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. Now the Gladiators, Hoppawati with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. Slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the bird. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Step, steps again. Steps again. He gets it down. It is a try. Yes, it's a try. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and... Chris Gale. As they... Post round one here in 2023, and you can hear the excitement from that intro, but for those that hear that and go, is this just about violence, man on man? No, 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 that's not the case. There's plenty of philosophy, there's a bit of religion, there's a lot of mentorship, uh, and a bit of disappointment I should include in this story. But for those uninitiated, Fire Up started in 2004 and has grown and and changed, morphed, uh, it has evolved, and, and many incarnations later, here I am returning with the one and only Chris Gale. Hello, Chris. Wonderful to be back with you, Stephen. And it's grown, it's morphed, it's shrunk at it's- times. Uh, we've said farewell to Dennis Carnahan and Redfern Pat, though they'll come back intermittently over the season, be reassured. But they said to me at the end of last season, the West Tigers, their wooden spooners, you're a loser, we're out of here. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that, to be back in the saddle, as it were, with you. Yeah. Yeah, we've often bored people with the idea that it's all about hope in the first round or two. And we've just passed the first round. You lost. We won. We had a bye. When I say we, we, the great mighty St. George Illawarra Dragons. But we won't go into that stuff. I want to talk about, well, one of, one of Australia's great visionaries said, how good is rugby league? <laughs> first off the bat, right? Because right. it is a majestic thing. It's an ethereal, a thing of ethereal beauty. Uh, I think it's the greatest sport of all. Would you disagree, Chris? Well, when they coined the term the greatest game of all, they were onto something, Stephen. And I've seen absolutely no evidence to the contrary. To disprove. None. none at all. None. none. Maybe a little bit at Leichhardt over last Sunday evening, but none. Uh, while you mention that, if I could, well, I'll refer to that a little bit later because I want to get a taste of the atmosphere because it was back to the future in all its glory. Benji, Robbie, Sheenzy, Sheenzy uh, you know, playing it like hard over. Could it get any better? We'll talk about that later. Now, look, today I want to talk about the sort of running theme that I've noticed uh, in the off-season right up to now is that rugby league is a place where boys turn into men. They grow. Correct. Uh, and they need leaders. They need mentors. They need whisperers. Uh, they need renaissance men. They need men. Well, funny enough, there's no women coaching, is there? 
Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, obviously, there's been advances in the refereeing ranks, and I think it's a matter of time. Yes. There are a number of elite Australian sports with female coaches. No head coaches yet for men, but mm. that will change. That would be an interesting move. Uh, I want to talk about these wellness gurus in, in another phrase. Are they shonky? Are they charlatans? Are they the real deal? I guess it's all about, look at the board, points on or points off. Are you a winner? Yes, it works. Are you a loser? No, it doesn't. So uh, I want to also welcome the friends of Friends of Landis to this uh, communique as we speak. It's a very, very arcane secret group, the Friends of Landis, but they're a group of uh, shadow individuals who maybe haven't ended up on the right side of PVL, the Dark Overlord himself. Right. And we are now forming a group of the people who have to listen to the Friends of Alandis well, and all we all their remember complaints. Friends, friends of Dorothy plants you in a very specific space, you know. We are friends of Friends of Alandis, and that's a good space to be. It's a very safe space. Mm. It's an inclusive space, is. which is something that I know is important to Peter Alandis. Is it full of pride? Well, that's that's the tipping point. That's, I'm not quite we'll sure about, about that. We'll talk about pride turning into respect a little later. I think so. Okay, now let's talk about one of the, one of the great, if not the greatest uh, visionary of all time, the, the man handler or wrangler, uh, Wayne Bennett. Now... Chris, in Wayne's World, also known as Dawn of the Dolphin, I haven't watched that. Tell me about Wayne in that particular TV episode running on, is it Stan? It's on Stan, you know, amongst your various streaming services. And I was a little bit confused because I sort of just glanced through the programming. I thought, oh, George A. Romero's got a new movie out, you know. How many people die? (laughs) Well, look, there are casualties. I can show that. But in fact, it's Dawn of the Dolphins, not Dawn of the Dead. Yes. And it's about the heartwarming story of the emergence of the 17th A little NRL. dolphin. That's right. <laughs> the, and, and we found out that the, the mascot is, is Salty. Yes, Danny has been consigned Where's to the Danny? dustbin of history. Well, Danny's probably in a, in a rehab situation somewhere, dare I suggest, or maybe some sort of clinic situation. Well, ever since he was set fire by Julian O'Neill and that river cruise low those many years ago. And then, so. and then Peter Pond. Yes, exactly. So... So the, the dolphin says there's certain parts of our history we embrace. Yes. There's others we let go. So Salty is part of the new breed of Does dolphin. Salty uh, appear in this uh, Dawn of the Dolphin? Only briefly okay. in the closing credits because they don't want to give it all away in the first episode. you ever seen a red dolphin? <laughs> yeah. I've never seen a dolphin in a rugby league jersey until I watched episode one of. Dawn you ever of seen the, the audience at Lang Park? They're all thirty-eight or whatever thousand of them, all with dolphin head. Yeah, fins pieces. up, fin, fins, fins up. up. Yeah, and let me tell you, the genius of the Redcliffe Dolphins. A well, they're not the Redcliffe Dolphins at all. They're just the, the dolphins. dolphins. Yeah, is they have tapped into the Andy Bronco sentiment in Brisbane, and Big it time. is alive and well. Shit, yeah. Oh yeah. The atmosphere there. Uh, okay, so look, Wayne did come up with the immortal quote after the game. After they won, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, the winner was Rugby League. <laughs> That's right. The, the interesting thing about Dawn of the Dolphins is is you get great insight to Wayne. You actually see Rugby League agents at their very worst. Mm. Um, Sam Ayub with Anthony Milford is just a complete ah, story in itself. You said there were casualties. They were casualties. Number one. And Milford's not playing. Not playing, no. You know, based on his performance in episode one. Not his on-field performance. They were happy with that, but they said, you're no good in the documentary, Anthony. You're out. <laughs> and they've got the kid playing 5-8 now there, along with Sean O'Sullivan in the number seven jersey. But the other thing that absolutely screams Dawn of the Dolphins is Queensland. Right. It is full of Queensland characters. And to see the way that the way what do you mean by that, Chris? <sighs> Look, blue language. There's always an enormous optimism in Queensland. You know, sun, you know, beautiful one day, sunny the next, or whatever. The Until they're beaten. Is. That's right. Yeah. But, and then they're ugly. But there's an incredible amount of self-belief, and what you see is Wayne navigate the Queensland personality. Was well, that just you know lack of vision, Chris? No, no. I just think it's a, it's a the confidence born from being from God's country. Yeah, right. And so everyone has. Isn't a, that the Shire? <laughs> 
the Shire is Queensland light, right? You know, and look, how many premierships have the Sharks won? Not many. Not many. One. All four Queensland teams got up on the weekend, Steve, and they're up on their toes. Right. And so all the characters is, you know, they've got a bit of an edge to their voice, a bit of drawl. Yes. And it's a lot of fucking, like, and so when Wayne's talking to the newly signed on sponsor Forex Brewers, yeah. and Wayne will go, that's fucking beautiful. And he goes, Mm-mm. Wayne, it's going to be great. You know how they say the Broncos? Broncos. Yeah. yeah it's, Broncos. That's, it's, yeah. It, it screams Queensland. Yeah. And um, what you see is that Wayne, he's not a coach. He knows nothing about the X's and O's of football. He wouldn't know the front of It doesn't of the, matter. doesn't the, care. No, because he cares about the kids. Yeah. You see him wrap his arms around Jermaine Asako. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he scored two tries on the weekend. But it's not just the footy players, is it? No, no. It's, it's the community abroad. Yeah, the administrators. Yeah. The administrators. He, Everybody wants to be loved by Wayne. Yeah. Simple. He goes, can we have sandwiches again? Yeah. I like the sandwiches yeah. last week. And they go, Wayne wants to eat sandwiches with me. I will die in a ditch for that, To man. get those sandwiches, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, Jamie Soward. <laughs> it, was a, it was a walking basket case until Wayne came along. Wayne is, as you alluded to in your introductory remarks, he's not a coach. He's a wellness guru. And right now, the Dolphins are feeling fine. Fire Up. Explaining the Church of Rugby League. Yeah, the Masters Apprentice, Cameron Serralda, he came from Penrith. And, of course, everybody assumed because Cleary, Ivan Cleary, your the, friend. The most evil man in rugby league. That man, that man, that anybody who can sit under Ivan's methods uh, will have to have learnt something. And he's moved over to Penrith at the behest and I guess the management and the mentorship of one Phil Gus Gould. Yes, he's moved to Canterbury. And of course, Gould sort of stood over Cleary and Sorello in the Penrith yes, era. Yes. And look, I know we're going to explore Sorello, but just a quick word that um, in terms of going to go back to back to back, which hasn't been done for yes. a long time in the modern game, Ivan said that on Friday night they were commencing on a journey of a thousand steps. Uh, well, he hang tri- on a second. How many steps do you do a day, Chris? Well, they say it's got – well, not 10,000 after I've no. just had double knee replacements, but <laughs> – but- they Myself, though, I could do at least 5,000 steps a day, right, surely. And you're aiming for 10,000. I mean, how old-fashioned is Ivan? I think he's yeah. out of touch. Yeah. And so sad to see him actually trip up on the first step uh, as they went down so to sad, the Broncos. So point. sad. Uh, yeah, we won't, we won't go into it. Without Appy, little Appy, you know, and big kick out, can they do it? Not many people think they can. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> it's a big ass. It's a big ass. But um, Sorella's picked up all the tricks. She's done many trips overseas. And what they do is they go to the, what, the, the pack of dolphins or the, or the you know, the Manchester, Manchester United, United or, the Los Angeles And they get all Lakers. the information, don't they? Yeah, the, uh, the Georgian Houses of Parliament where they had a brawl today just to see what the fighting technique is like. Right. He's made some adjustments at Canterbury Bankstown. Now, we know that Canterbury Bankstown has been a basket case like other teams, you know, the West Tigers and... Uh, St. George of the Dragons, Lawara. if we have to. Perennial sort of like, you know... Losers. Lower, lower, losers, okay, all right, all right. So, Cameron's going to change all that. Now, they have got an incredible squad. We know that they've had the Fox. The Fox needed more, more support. They've got Kick Out and a whole bunch of others. Reed Marnie, Burton. Burton, yeah. So, everyone's predicting big things. Uh, now, he, he made a few changes just to connect with the players, I suppose, and inspire... Do you know what they were? Yes. Well, if you've been to Belmore, and I was lucky enough to go there a few years ago, and um, certainly aspire to get back there at some stage, antiquated dressing room, Stephen. Yeah. And so the design of the Canterbury dressing room, both yeah. for game day and during training, yeah. it's L-shaped. Why? It's just the way the architecture was back in the 80s. Well, there's no space there. In the 1850s. I mean, they kicked the ball, it lands on the train. I know. You know. <laughs> it was built in the 1850s Hello. as far as I know. Yeah. They, they, they actually built Belmore Sports Ground before Rugby League was created yeah. in the hope, the hope that Rugby League would be created. They've been living on hope. So they weren't working off a script and they came up with an L-shaped dressing room. And imagine it, Stephen, if I'm at one end of the L, 
I can't see you, yeah. my mate, my compadre, my warrior. Yeah. Uh, at the you, other end of the you, dressing room. Are you there, Fox? <laughs> I can't right. see you. What are you doing? You're, you're, yeah. you're awake there. Let's let's trot. Did you say? Oh, let's trot. So yeah, what's I mean, you he know. done? He's actually renovated a square room. You mean knocked Bel- out a few walls in the Belmore complex? Yeah. yeah. And he, well, I bet asbestos. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be. I mean, there are the buried notes of Des Hasler. <laughs> there, there. Mad Desi, eh? Yeah. And so in the square room, yeah. every player yeah. can see every player. And you know why? Any he's skeletons? Done, well, and you know why he's done this? Why? For connectivity purposes. Connect, hey, connectivity in the modern age. Football coach, <laughs> yeah. wellness yeah. guru, yeah, Seraldo, yeah. wellness guru. Well, he said, you learn from Phil Gould, it's, it's more interpersonal relationships. The coaching comes second. We saw that in the weekend, didn't we? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we know they all have talent, how they feel emotionally and spiritually with all the demands you put on them and the scrutiny they're under. That's important, says Seraldo. And he's so on top of this that when, I think you pointed out to me, that Gus often gets him on the phone or texts him. Mm. And what does Gus do? Well, you know, he's a learned man, you know, and, and Gus reads a lot apparently. Gus has, is the font of all knowledge, even more so than Wayne. Wayne professes to have no knowledge. He just has the man touch, you know, yep. the leader, the mentor, the whisperer, you know. Uh, Rene, he's not even a renaissance man anymore. He's been around too long now. Whereas Phil, you know, Phil would just go, I know everything and, and fear. He rules with fear. Cameron's worried. He's, he, he's scared, basically. So Phil goes, have you read this book? What does Cameron do? He takes a photo and sends for proof. It to, for proof that I've read it and right. said, I've already read it, Gus. Right, so he won't be in trouble. Yeah, and, and what it shows is that this is the crux of the problem at Canterbury. Yeah, yeah. Is there's no trust and there's an enormous amount of fear. Seraldo is fearing Gould. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when the new connectivity test was put uh, uh, to its have its metal tested, if you like, out <laughs> at Four Pines Park on the weekend versus the Manly Ringer Sea. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Four, Four Pines, Park. Pines Park. Is that a beer? Yeah, forget forget your um, Lotto Land. Right, okay. That's gone. <laughs> it's a cra- Where are you on craft, <laughs> uh, craft beer, Stephen? I mean... Don't touch the stuff. Oh, no. dear. Now, Chris... If you're living in fear, now, you know there are more murders per square kilometre in Canary Banks than any other region in the country, right? I was Who gonna, wouldn't be fear? <laughs> I was going to say Brookvale, but, you know, I'm wrong, obviously. So, you know, what, what Cameron did, of course, is I don't think he's a local, is he? No. No. So he decided to do some research into the history. He bypassed, you know, let's face it, all the immigrant waves over the years. He went right, right, way, way back, Chris. I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about the Anglo-Celtic uh, original sort of settlers in the area. Found out they were lumberjacks. They cut the whole place down to buggery, you know. <laughs> That's why there's only concrete left in Canterbury Banks and no trees left, but it was built on the back of lumberjacks and they're hardworking men. And that was Cameron's story. And you think they're all going, right, okay, I see, think I can relate to that as opposed to the guy out the front, you know, revving his car and doing, doing you know, burnouts, donuts, donuts and you know, guns going off and you know, whatever else is mayhem. But then you get the clash of philosophy because the newly minted coach of the Manly Ringer Seagulls Seagulls is the cerebral Anthony Seabold. Yeah. Right? And Seabold knows nothing about people. He's got absolutely no... I don't know anything about him. Yeah. Who is he? I think he's a failed... He's a mystery man, isn't he? He's a failed university lecturer. Right, not a salesman. And he gets his coaching gigs through uh, compelling PowerPoint presentations because ah, the, 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 the the NRL uh, board members are just blown away by that. Yeah. And he's worked out that you know what you know and you don't know what you don't know. Right. So he's said, how do I deal with this wellness guru thing? Yes. How do I connect to players? Did he get where, it right? Where I, perfectly. Because yeah. you know what he did? Yeah. He got the entire Manly family, the players, their associated partners and kids and whatever and all the club officials yeah. and got them all there down to Four Pines yeah. in the Bobby Fulton Centre of Excellence. Yeah. And they put Handed on, everybody a knife. Yes. Yeah. A, a knife and a napkin. A knife and a napkin. And a paper plate. Oh, yeah. 
and there was an enormous pig on a spit. Pig on a stick. On yeah. a spit, yeah. Pig on a spit. So you've got connectivity yeah. over at Belmore. Yeah, yeah. You've and they're all pig- scratching their heads over that. How does that work into the, the migrant revolution? Yeah, they're looking, into, they're looking into each other's eyes and trying to see the history of the Lumberjacks, okay, yeah. right, with Sorello yeah. monotone in the background. Yeah, were you part of the original Lebanese movement or the original Lumberjack movement from the Celts? Or which one are you again? That's right. And they're wondering what those big mirrors are. They know they're two-way because Gus is looking at them, you know, because he can't be trusted. Fear. And over here with some pineapple and some uh, pawpaw. Pineapple. And, yeah, a bit of fried rice yeah. and whatever. Sloppy paper plate. Pig on a spit. Yeah. Well, the Go res- and help yourself. The result was pig 31, <laughs> connectivity 6. <laughs> I want to go on a bit more about this. He did the story of them. This is Cameron, right? Our Cameron. Migrant community searching for an opportunity for a better life. Doesn't that sound like the American dream? Doesn't it? A journey many of the players in the Bulldogs team can relate to, taking lessons out of the success of those who have, and still call the area home. This, this will end up on Media Watch. That Cameron Sorallo has basically taken the story of the drive of the European settlers in the, in the United States dr- going west. Yes. You know. Back to Sydney. That's right. And, and I believe that Sorallo actually does underpin this lecture with the original village people go west. Da, is that right? Playing underneath well, it. Well, that's fun. That's, it gives it a light heart, you know. Uh, injured forward Pangai uh, says, this is a working class area, says the junior. In the past, we've been a bit spoiled living in the past of what the team before us have done. We take our position for granted. In the second generation, rich kid type of thing. But Cam took us back to the history area and what it stands for. Do you think the Lumberjacks might be turning in their grave, Chris? They're only saving grace as Josh Reynolds is back in the joint. Right. And he's been terrific around the joint, and there's a great feel around the joint. Yeah. Albert, they went down 31 to 6. And, and guess who didn't help? Sonny Bill. <laughs> Sonny Bill. Willie Mason, Big Willie. Bobcat. And the Ogre. He brought them all back and paraded them in their, in their underduds. Ever, said, check these blokes out. Ever, Working class. Ever since he fled to Europe, not with the pleasure machine, but when he fled to Europe all those years ago, and he's finally come back to Belmore. And in the interview, after Sonny Bill gave his usual homily about, look how incredible I am and look what I've won and you could be me if only you did this, etc., etc., he, as a quote, he said, I think what summarizes what I've achieved is if you went and looked under the word growth in the dictionary it would show a picture of Sonny Bill Williams. Is that right? Yeah. Aspirational stuff, Chris. Very much so. What you gonna do with the fuck I say? Fight up, hit me. What you gonna do with the fuck I say? Fight up. Fight up. Well, Stephen, not a entirely thrilling round for me with the loss of the West Tigers to the Gold Coast Titans, who over the era of the NRL has shown to be the worst team in the NRL, the Titans. I want you to win. Tiger My West. dad was Western Suburbs Magpie. Appreciate so that. I want you to win. Appreciate that. Okay. Uh, we won the reserve grade. Beat the Roosters, funnily enough. Yeah. And that the was, Roosters. That was one of the highlights of the weekend, of course, was the first up win of Wayne's Dolphins. It's number one with a bullet, Chris. I know. Does it get any better? Over the beleaguered Sydney Roosters. Yeah. The now, beleaguered, are they now? And, and, and first <laughs> Not of all, the entitled. And first of all, I want to have... Not wanna, sombrero. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Chris. Sorry, yeah, no, don't, don't, don't be sorry. Um, first of all, I want to have a chip at the Roosters because yeah. what, what we like in rugby league is symmetry and completion of story arcs. Oh, gotcha. And it's all the way back in 1988 when it was Lang Park. Yes. You might recall all those origin players squashed into this new fabricated team called the Brisbane Broncos, right. coached by, hello now, Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett yeah. First up, come out and beat the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles, yes. who were the defending premiers. Yep. Right? And here we go. We jump to 2023. Yep. We're back at Lang Park, a la Suncourt Stadium now. And the first up manufactured team of the Dolphins... Yes. 
coached by. They would claim otherwise, I'm sure, with the history of Redcliffe going back 75 years. They said, not one, is that true? Not one. Is play, that true, Chris? Not one player in the squad yeah. had actually ever been across the Queensland border before. Right, right. Little and Red, uh, sorry, Red, what is it called? Yeah. Redcliffe Kmart, or, or is there a beach called Redcliffe? Well, well, it's a suburb. There's okay. the Morton Bay region. It stretches well, up to East Brisbane. Well, the, you, there was some debate about that. Right. Anyway, they're the, they're the Dolphins. Anyway, so we jump forward. 35 years, mm. the new franchise's franchise's first up game, Queensland franchise, the yeah. Dolphins, yeah. a win at Lang Park, our last Suncourt Stadium, coached by, hello now, Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett. Right? Yeah. And now, there was something missing, Stephen. Yeah. You may recall in the jaws of defeat that they found themselves, Don McKinnon yeah. playing for Manly. Little Donny. Yeah, got little Donny out <laughs> and took a whiz on Lang Park. Why did you do that? Well, um, nature called. <laughs> nature, simple as that. And it was, and it, it was, wasn't some sort of ritual. And well, no, it was. It was. It was. I acknowledge my better. We've been beaten by a better team, yeah. and I want to do this by christening or christening. adorning the oval. Yes, yes. Uh, by taking a leak on it, right? And we all remember Russell Packer. Well, well, no respect whatsoever. I mean, he would not be even playing in respect round or pride round. He, he just, just, just wheezed on the field. I, I, my recall is Packer even didn't even sort of whip it out. He just sort of... He just moved just, one leg left. Just sort of shifted the just short shift a little bit. and then bit, just right? let it drop. Yeah. The, the hubris of the Roosters yes. not to have some gesture where they pissed on Suncor Stadium in the wake ah, of their yeah, loss yeah, yeah, yeah. is typical of yeah. the problems yeah. that this club finds themselves in. Or is it more appropriate? And for the kiddies, uh, you know, preciousness, we put up a screen uh, that, that, that all, all the Dolphins just take a leak as one to christen the ground, even though it's not their ground, Chris. Well, that would have been nice. Yeah. That would have been nice. And, and Television plus. And again, lack of forethought by the NRL because the McKinnon story and the Packer story runs and runs and runs. Yes. And it would have been beautiful if someone had... Tradition, Chris. Taken one on. That's they celebrate all about. Look, look, the digger story. We all know about tradition. It's great stuff, and it wasn't done. It didn't matter. Uh, a man called Robbo. Now, Robbo is only second to Wayne when it comes to mentorship qualities. Renaissance man using whisper, coach whispers. Uh, trips to the battlefields where Australians have bled on the fields of France. Mr. Mount Kilimanjaro Mount himself. Kilimanjaro. Tomorrow's no, game day. There's, there's, there's no point of inspiration that Trent Robinson will not go. Uh, he's a master at it. And, he, and, and it was revealed this week, wasn't it, that something happened. But we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. I yes. want to talk about one of their players that they've poached. Hello, stole, stole <laughs> from Craig Bellamy, who oh, I think was another one of those mentorship men of a different cut. His, his jib is cut differently. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I do indeed. Brandon Smith, a.k.a. The Hectic Cheese. The Hectic Cheese. The Hectic Cheese. Now, look, uh, he, he, was, he was a dud on the weekend. He's a shadow of his former self. I mean, once you leave the laboratory-like environs of the Melbourne Storm and you're actually in more conventional society, you either sink or swim. And right now the block of cheese is heading to the bottom well, of the uh, uh, Bondi We'll talk about why it's called a block of cheese, but he certainly did not swim, he did not float, he sunk. No. But uh, there was a, a story that involved Robbo before he signed up Brandon Smith or the block of cheese. He pretty much told me, we're going to turn you into a man here. You're, right. you're already a footy player. You've proven that, Well, except on the weekend. The inference there that he was just a boy at Melbourne and that sort of belittles a bellyache's achievement down there because essentially Brandon Smith was uh, a bit of protozoa in a petri dish yes and 
Bellamy was able Created to... Created the full, the full block. Yeah, to, to get him into this nascent block form, yeah, yeah. You know, which can now be shaped by someone of... Uh, SpongeBob style. M- yes, more nuanced <laughs> talents like Robbo. But yeah. let's let's remember, Bellyache took him from protozoa to yeah. boy, and now he's going the extra mile. And this is something Christian missionaries used to say all around the world. We're going to turn you from a men to a boy, and a Christian man at that as well. But anyway, uh, you know, he brings him to Sydney, to the eastern suburbs, to the Roosters, Brand new ground. The glory is, he's looking at the glory. He's looking at the, the, the prize already. And uh, he's, throughout the career, he's shown a lot of childish behavior, I'd say. Uh, stuff that probably shouldn't be done by a person that, are, that is a role model to kids. And he understands that. Uh, for him to say that, it felt good that he wants to become a man. He wants to grow. He wants to mature. Uh, he needs the qualities of, of the people he respects. I'm already a footy player, he says. Melbourne made sure they taught me how to be a footy player. So there you go, Chris. Right, yeah. Um, and, but I guess now Robert wants me to be able to look after myself in front of the media and kids and my family. So I can make them proud. If you're living well off the field, then it usually shows on the field. Becoming that rooster player is going to be a journey, but I'm all up for it, he says. By the way, Robbo funds uh, a course where the players are actually shown how to f- cook for themselves, do washing. He's um, like that, is basic he? Basic financial French transactions. Cooking. Yeah, so is that part, should that be under the salary cap? Yes, uh, you know, is it? Cause, yeah, because I guess it comes under the general home improvement or tr- you know relocation costs or something. Yes, but, yes. But um, Brandon Smith didn't know how to open a fridge until didn't he, he? Came, until he came. <laughs> he just kicked the it. <laughs> <laughs> just tore it apart. He ran into it. Uh, <laughs> Tackle you, practice. You look like me. I'm going to run at you. <laughs> okay, so uh, but then he grins, Chris, in this story. Right, he goes, "We won't lose the cheese." Uh, that'd be that'd be me losing myself. I thought it was the hectic part that was great, but not the block of cheese. Now, what's the story there? I, I'm I'm confused because he looks like a block of cheese. That's why it's called the cheese. But the hectic part is because he's a bit manic, a bit yeah. crazy. There's always an origin story. A loose unit. I, I think you find the main protagonist in the dubbing of the hectic cheese is the eighth immortal Joey Johns. Ah, and one of the don't argue with that. Well, one of the fundamental tenets of rugby league is if Joey gives you a nickname, yeah. you adhere to that. Now, there are very few people who are prepared to take on the eighth. Yeah. But one who certainly is, of course, is chairman of the Sydney Roosters, Nick Politis. Oh, yeah. The big thinker. Yeah. So Politis is up to this one in his elbows and he says, this hectic cheese business, we need a more eastern suburbs-like Yeah, it's nickname. a bit naff. It's a bit Melbourne suburbs, isn't it? That's really? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a bit lowbrow. Doesn't I, like I, it. I, I only come for What about the flying fromage? <laughs> I think it's an improvement. Yes. Okay. But, but I think we've got to get the eastern suburbs. The cheesy chook? Well, there you go. Look, I mean, I think you've mentioned to me previously that the speed of chickens is underestimated. Yeah. Well, you might have seen Rocky where he sent out into a, into a pitch of stones to catch a chook. If you can't catch a chook, you're not fast enough in the ring. He failed. He had to get better. Right. So there are various types of chickens. I've had a look. I like the idea of the Rhode Island Red. Yes. Right? Because that's pretty sp- – and then – but keep the cheese thing. So something like, I don't know, the Rhode Island Brie or the Gouda. Rhode, the Rhode Island Gouda. Yeah. Well, the Leghorn of Camembert. <laughs> that's, a, that's a snappy one too, isn't it? The Leghorn of Edom. And, and imagine all the, all, the, all the little dolls you could, you could set up, you know, because I've got a Jamie Sauer doll, you know. Uh, I, I've got buttons of various footy players and little Malmeninga that I used to get at the petrol station. But little cheese variations. Actual cheese, Chris, the, the, with a new name. I like that. Those little BP. I've got the Mal Meninga and the Benny Elias, and yeah. I once left them um, at my flatmate's bed, just tucked up in his bed with their heads peeking out on the pillow, and he came <laughs> home after a night on the tiles and almost lost his lunch. Um, gee, I don't know. Or could you get a little bit as really Australian and with all the recent controversies and want to reflect progressive society? But, and call, but and Robert call loves the like, fringe. Call it something like the Rhode Island cheer. Uh, we used to have a different name, that cheer cheese, right. but I don't think that would fly anymore, no. so to speak. No, it's not more like King Island. That's nice. Nice, yeah. yes, yes. yes. A bit of local touch. Yeah. 
Preferably something in the eastern suburbs would be good, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do they make cheese in the? They don't do. They actually make anything in the eastern suburbs, do they? Absolutely, they buy not. everything. Absolutely. <laughs> now, what I want to know is how is he going to fit in? You, you look at his style; he's, he's not really that sophisticated, is he? When he goes to Mr. Wong's, you know, or, or, or Chiswick, or, or the Icebergs, you know, or even Margaret down at Double Bay with Neil Perry, what's he going to dress like? Is he going to fit in? Is he going to? Is it going to work? For him? Well, is he going to grow into the man we want in the eastern suburbs? Well, that's part of the course, right? So there's a. There's a battalion of assistants and advisors and influencers working on the cheese <laughs> yes. right now. Is that under the salary yeah. cap? And, 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 and in fact, the Bondi Icebergs has only recently reopened. Yes, yes. And I apologise if I get this dude's name wrong, but it's like Maurice Tazzini or something That's like right. that. Yes, yes. And he says, I have timed the reopening of the restaurant in time for the beginning of the rugby league First, season. Exactly, yeah. Because I need to take that intake of these boys. Yes. And they will come out of my restaurant. Men, men. yeah. And I think that the new wing is, is called the Pilates Wing, isn't it, down at the icebergs? Well, exactly, because, of course, during the off-season, and I don't know where my invite was, Stephen, they opened... Well, I went to the West Tigers <laughs> Centre of Excellence opening, right? And that's sponsored was by... Was it Z- excellent? It was excellent. Lee Hedger-Patel has literally They've said, got their own fromagerie. He goes, the Centre of Excellence is excellent, and he didn't seem to be joking. Um <laughs> And the, and the barbershop, only one chair. And the barbershop, yeah. And that's the Zurich Centre, right? Because it's sponsored by Zurich Insurance, oh. right? And I get that. Like yeah. a little bit of extra revenue, a bit of branding. Yeah. Not invited to the Sydney Roosters Centre of Excellence opening in the public asset that is Allianz Stadium. Right. It's been called, wait for it, the Nick Politis Centre of Excellence. Ooh, that hurts, doesn't it, Chris? And there's a bust of Politis. Yeah. And a bust! And, uh, we always talk about pulling down the statue of old colonial bastards, you know, and up pops one of Politis. And I swear to God, I actually was there the other day yeah. and I and sort of, you know, see the museum, et cetera, et cetera. And I went up to the bust of Politis and I touched the head as you wanted to, sort of some sort of a... What happened? Well, I pulled it back and there was a button. Yes. And I pressed the button and a wall slid back and there were two bat poles, yeah. right? And... and and it had, it had suawi, yeah. suawalihi as one yeah. of them, yeah. and cheese is the other. Oh, the no new, Tedesco. The J- new Did James know that? The new, well, Tedesco's on the way out because suawalihi has to be accommodated, Stephen. He yes, He's right. got an extension, but only to 2024. Mm. These are the new Batman and Robin of the Eastern Suburbs slash Sydney Roosters. Wow, we've got, we got more truck stuff coming up Great. here on Fire Up. Chris Gomez or Stephen Ferris. It's all hope and dreams, until round one, fire up. Here at Fire Up, uh, we've been talking about uh, wellness, uh, but occasionally wellness meets hubris, Chris. You know that how that goes. It doesn't go well. Hubris will always cause trouble. Fly towards the sun with those wings made of wax and you're going to come a cracker. You know, we've all known that. And uh, I would like to suggest that on a cold and rainy evening in the middle of last year, with the blessing of his family, the club, the Roosters, Eastern Suburbs, buried some of Arthur Beetson's ashes somewhere close to the middle of the field that they now so proudly call their home. Now, this field, Chris, we have walked this very ground across this grass last year, probably a little bit after when they buried this block of ashes and more in just a moment. Now, Allianz Stadium, you call it a public asset. Well, it's got a basketball court outdoors. As it just. And so I think therefore, it's a community asset. Is there a pool? Not that's accessible to the public. Uh-huh. It's, I'm sure it's part of the politest centre of excellence. Right, right. But uh, my understanding, given the hard-earned taxpayers' dollars that was put into this facility, Stephen, it was for you and me. Mm. Um, it has a massive sign on it saying Allianz Stadium, home of the Sydney Roosters. Yes. But and my- was it, didn't that create a shit fight with uh, the Sydney FC team? 
and the Waratahs, which and is the Waratahs, an obscure yeah. sport called rugby that plays there That's as well. I vaguely remember them, but yes, yeah. and and it's been used for other purposes, yeah, the concerts and things like that. But oh, Bruno Mars, exactly, we remember it well, exactly. Yeah, oh, I think I was uh, that little fella that does the hip hop stylings, <laughs> Justin. Bieber? Is he there? No, Bieber's, Bieber's actually cancelled his upcoming he's tour. He's cancelled, has he? But they're Red Hot Chili Peppers. Is that because you heard about this incident? Well, he's actually refused because I think you should describe what the incident is. Yeah. And then this actually explains why Justin Bieber's not coming out to Australia. Right. So, uh, apparently, uh, Arthur Beaton, God love him, you know, he played for Australia, he played for Queensland, he played for, I think, Balmain. Thank you very much. Yeah, Balmain. Uh, the eastern suburbs. Uh, there may have even been another team floating through there. Parramatta. Parramatta as well. He's done it all. He's, he's, he's ubiquitous. He's a man for all seasons. He's a man who'll take a dollar. Uh, he died how many years ago? 2011. We 2011. Lost, uh, okay. Sadly, towards you know, the back of year. He had the big house down at, uh, well, now it's been wiped out, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. no, it's still there. Yeah. The big house pub down at Barangaroo. That's right. But Revered amongst many. One of the greats. He's an immortal. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and on the very, very week, Chris, that the Sydney Roosters were playing the Redcliffe Dolphins, which was his home. Yes, he started his football career at Redcliffe. He's loved he, there. And he finished his the football career. The very week of the first game. Of this moment, and and suddenly it's revealed that the, that the roosters, with the you know the approval of the family, had some of the ashes of Arthur Beetson and decided to bury it in the ground at Allianz Stadium. Now, does that smell right to you? Can I say, Stephen, I'm disgusted by this. Disgusted. Disgusted. That yeah. I mean, this is the Dolphins' day. Yeah. I mean, Dolphin Week. Beyond the dawn, it's the day as well. It's <laughs> yes. the day of the Dolphins, right? It's the sequel, right? They should have waited and put that in the documentary right. too. Their favourite son, yeah. Arthur Beetson. Yep. He played with the Dolphins when he began his career. He's he finished his reclaimed. career. Reclaimed. So he, he intermittently played for the Roosters and won a couple of premierships. It was a stop along the way of his journey, Of Stephen. course, from Redcliffe to Redcliffe. So why do the Roosters own that real estate yeah. and get Arthur Beetson's ashes or a proportion measured out thereof? Thereof. And bury it as some sort of ceremonial recognition of the fact that another club is starting its journey. Right. This is a few, way- issue, a few issues there, Chris. Oh, there's there a few issues. issues. There's okay. some issues. <laughs> Number one, you mentioned health and safety. Well, my will, um, which is something I don't <laughs> intend to substantial visit, reveal here, <laughs> visit too often. Request that my ashes be scattered scattered over Leichhardt Oval, Stephen. Beautiful, Chris. And, Beautiful. And with the ceremony for Sheens's two fiftieth, with Lee Hedgepatellis and Sheensy standing out next to a painting after who's your punching fin? Yeah, uh, no, Laurie's gone. Laurie, no yeah. ashes here. Well, I hope so. But yeah, you think so? It felt like a funeral on Sunday, so it might have been time. <laughs> but I've been told, in no uncertain Certain terms, terms yeah. that it is illegal, yeah. occupational health and safety, to have your ashes. Put on a football ground. Put on public ground. That's right. Because as you know... Public assets, Stephen. Public assets. Community assets. Community assets. As you know, you know, like 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 streaking naked, it's against the law. You, like people try and sneak the ashes in. You've seen that. And they toss it out. They just dig it up and throw it away. You can't just drop it in sneakily. Somehow, the roosters have actually gone to the centre of the ground and buried the ashes of Arthur Beetson. Now, we've walked across that space. Well, we were, there, you feel? we were there at a private function, which again, I won't mention who it was for, yeah. but a private function in a community asset. And I, you and I both felt very uncomfortable, I know. I felt a bit wonky. Yeah. And yeah. I felt uncomfortable that the asset was being used in this way. But, yeah. but additionally, when we went out for drinks on the field, because it was that type of do, I, I, I felt very unwell. Strange. Yeah. Strange, yeah. And... And I think I know now why. Yeah, a bit of hoodoo voodoo. Listen, Chris, uh, is it not the case that uh, what determines sacred ground? Because I think that's what Politis and Robbo and crew have claimed, that this particular piece of turf 
or dirt or grass is sacred. Which, now, which, now what gives it sacred status? Which was laid less than nine months ago, Stephen. Yes. I mean, it's not exactly got history. Yes, it's in the environs of where the sports Near ground about, was. Yeah. But that turf was, you know, hatched in a nursery yeah, somewhere. Yeah, and I imagine if, you know, you went to City of Sydney Council and said, look, we want to go out to Kipax Lake nearby and just have a little dig up and put a little, you know, white, white cross, Arthur Beetson's ashes or partially thereof his remains – reside here, they'd probably have a shit fight on their hands, wouldn't they? 100%. And, I mean, it, it, it just begs the question as to why they were allowed to do this and why that they decided that they were entitled to do this and um, put all of our... As I said, Bieber's not coming out because Bruno Mars said, mate, don't play don't that do stadium. It. I fell off it's from the get-go. It's, yeah. it's, it's unsafe. Right. And... And and given the realities of modern turf management, which I know you're a big expert I, in. I'm telling you, Chris, the only actual real turf ground that doesn't change and get rotated is the Sydney cricket ground. Right. Everything else is on plates. Every, and they move those plates out and give them a bit of sun or fake sun and a bit of water. And sometimes they take them off site. So and they rotate to Parramatta. So Could exactly. be anywhere. So How do we know where it's going to be? Every two years, Arthur's on some articulated lorry heading out <laughs> west. I mean, let the man rest, rest in, in peace. peace. And then you talk about hubris. I yeah. th- believe there were little notes put into the capsule and whatever. And the service oh, was conducted right? by you know his high priest, Robbo. Yeah. And then the following sorts of people spoke. The Boyd Cordners. Uh, so, mis- so, so it's, it's midnight. Yeah. Right, middle of winter. Yeah, they're all in... Druid outfits. Druid outfits, right? Candles burning, incense, the whole bit, some moaning monks somewhere. Drones, <laughs> light drones in the in the form of the head of Arthur Beetson yeah. above them. And then they've got this this little bag of ashes, I'm assuming. It's just a small portion. And, and, and kudos to the Beetson family who over we the, love the, Beetson the, family. the dozen years, we love yeah. Arthur. Love, yeah, yeah. They, they've managed, they're still, and let's hope, they're still ashes to give. And they've probably promised that Balmain are going to do it, Parramatta are going to do it. They've got an Queen's inventory. Going to do it, Australia's going to do they've it. Redcliffe is certainly going to do it. Yeah, well, well, when they get a chance. <laughs> yeah, when they get a chance. And somehow the Roosters beaten to it, right? right. So they're all in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of stuff, right? And then and then and they've got a capsule of, of, you know, like when you send something to the moon. That's right. You know, yeah. or you bury in twenty five days. Yeah, like Voyager or something. Wow. And and the, what would be in there, Chris? A well, beer? <laughs> a pie. He loves a pie. There would Come be on. a pie. He was a great tennis player. There'd yes. be a racket. Okay. And yeah. there'd be there'd be um, notes from the likes of Minicello. Oh, yes. And people who spoke with the likes of the Orbisons, the Cordners, the Jake Friends of the World. Not Jake Friend. Yeah. Well, excuse me, what about from the 74 and 75 premiership teams? Where was Russell Fairfax? Yes. Where was Ian Schubert? Maybe they had some hair. Where was Ronnie Coote? Yeah, Ronnie Coote. I mean, the... A boot of the, Ronnie Coote? The, the robber going, yes, we're very cognizant of history, but it's only our history that is going to pay homage to a guy who made this club in the 1970s. It absolutely boils you, my blood, Can't Stephen. you see at that, at that little ritual at midnight or quarter past 12 that the likes of the Waratahs and Sydney FC storming the field? <laughs> And saying, get off, this is not your property, this is our property too, you know. We're the home as well. I don't know if that happened. Well, about the only exciting thing in rugby union is when uh, the ground's a little bit loose and wet and they sort of have those rucks, right, and they scuff the ground out. Can you imagine like eight, 16 men tearing after the ball and they're digging with their boots into the turf and all of a sudden this capsule pops, pops up. <laughs> where, where did that come from? Where did that come from? So but coming back to it, who actually denotes, who gives the actual status of sacredness for a ground, Chris. We've heard Lang Park talk about being sacred, sacred for Brisbane, Queenslanders, etc. Uh, we get that sort of me- oh, mentality, the forex mentality. It's no but, doubt, no doubt in my mind, the answer to that question, Stephen. Yeah, Wally Lewis. Wally Lewis has said that he's ordained it. Yeah, well, he didn't. He didn't. The roosters, no, he the, roosters, the roosters don't care. No, 
No, what I'm saying is who, who who gives the right. So what if you want to say Leichhardt is sacred? Yeah. Who then comes in, you know, Father Bob O'Dwyer or whatever, and says, right, I, you know, I mean, I'm in Latin, some Latin, and boom. I'll be honest it. with you. If it's good enough for Wally yeah. to um, Any anoint Leichhardt's good enough for me. Okay, all right. Now, um, I've got uh, some questions, Chris, also about this ground. Um, what's happened with South there? They'll be back. They'll be next, back. Next year for sure. If you've got James Packer, Mike Cannon-Brooks, and Russell Crowe, just to start with, let alone Ray, uh, Ray, what's his name? The Journo, Mikey Robbins, you know, all those supporters. Andrew Denton. Where, why is South kept out? What is the power of politics that can keep South out? He's got something on Packer, well, we all do. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Mike Cannon-Brooks knows nothing about it. Atlassian's just let go of 5% of its global they have indeed, workforce, so right, they're in retreat. They're in trouble. So, right. the, you know, so he's not focused. Right, that just leaves... Uh, yeah, and, uh, and well, look... We, where do, we, where, do we begin I mean, with, where do we begin with Russell? Russell, well, he's obviously obviously uh, in a poor way because Armani's now pulled out. They've got new sponsors. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Okay. We as a collective are trying to get the best deal and the fairest deal for players. If the NRL are going to sit on their heels and not buy it, then who knows where it's going to go. Young man, if you play NRL and young woman, if you play league as well, yes, young players... There's no need to rebel, there's no need to be unhappy. That's cause there's a place you can go and they'll help you get a better share of the dough, improve hardship funds and improve medical funds. Many ways to help you players. You're represented by the RLPA. You're represented by the RLPA. They're gonna make it more fair by the most vulnerable players. They fix the NRLW deal. You're represented by the RLPA. You're represented by the RLPA. You can't do it all by yourself, people. Landis, put your pride on the shelf and just sit down with the RLPA. You can all sign that CBA. Wow! It's fun to play with the RLPA. It's fun to play with the RLPA. They're gonna make it my Gee, that's bloody catchy, Chris. R-L-P-A. What a tune, Dennis Steven. Carnahan, back with some brilliance. He'll be with us helping out on Fire Up 2023. Thank you, Dennis. Absolutely. In reference to, of course, complaints or noises made by, once upon a time, the game's greatest thinker, Ricky Sticky Stewart, uh, who, of course, the Fox did a big beat-up the other night, didn't they? It's really interesting to me, Stephen, that 
massive issue that we're not going to explore at all on this show is the independent doctor. Like, where does the independent doctor live? Where are they making the decisions from? Now you're asking questions, Chris. And that's too rugby league for us. Yeah. But it was in the context of Sebastian Chris, whose surname is spelt like my first name, oh. was taken off uh, on the recommendation of the independent doctor for an HIA. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming Ricky was on the field and could see him as well. Well, Ricky's always down there on the field yeah, and all yeah. the chairs are running for cover. Yeah. And it looked the cats like, as well. It looked like Sebastian Chris had a leg injury. Right. And so um, Sticky, as is his want, as players go off for an HIA, he grabs them by the scruff of the neck despite the fact that they may have suffered a concussion. Oh, not by their two ears? <laughs> no. <laughs> nut style. Yeah. Bailey Simonson and yeah. Cameron Smith. And Ricky's looked into the eyes of Sebastian. Right, what's he doing there? Because he looks into the eyes of his players and he looks for signs of pain right, and fatigue. That's so Ricky. Because you know what? There's no love with Ricky. Right? <laughs> Not even fear. He's just a mean little bastard, right? And so when it comes to what, all his methods, yes, the players sort of have some res- grudging respect because, well, I don't know, because he's a mean little bastard. That's right. He, he goes, uh, I look in a player's eyes because I recognise things I understand, pain and fatigue. This window's of the soul business. I've got no idea what that means, <laughs> right? And so, of course, he's upset the independent doctor's made a bad decision and uh, he feels that the RLPA has been um, complicit in all this right. in not really being concerned of the welfare of the players and stuffing up his And he ambitions. said, as if I don't care about my players, right? Exactly. I look into their eyes. I know exactly what's going on. Full appraisal. It's like sort of some sort of science fiction thing, right? So I was watching on replay the Rabbits versus Sharks having been at my Pro Wrestling Australia show earlier, Stephen, calling the action. Is that right? And Dan Ganane repeatedly go coming up at halftime explosive comments coming out of Ricky Stewart Whoa, up there gee, at even Queensland I, I went to search country for back then. Yeah. I go, well what's going on here is yeah, it going to be ooh. another weak gutted dog and yeah, hello yeah, yeah. Jamin Salmon <laughs> cursing and, some 11 year old uh, kitty <laughs> Salmon and Louie arguing about whether a weak gutted dog is worse <laughs> than a grub and yeah. all that sort of deal or and about I, him going home kicking yeah. the cat and, and I've said hang on I've just got to get some popcorn I'm going to settle down because <laughs> I've got this it it's going to be good well let's hear these explosive remarks from yeah. Ricky Stewart well the RPA, the the NRL, they don't trust coaches, mate. Do you think I'd let a player play if he had a uh, concussion or he's concussed? Um, and I don't just trust the player's comments when he comes to the sideline in regards to that. But when he's down, getting his leg leg attended to, and I ask him, and his eyes, there was no fatigue and there was no pain in his eyes in regards to when he came off, he was very coherent. That, that didn't help us in that game. That's why I talk about toughness. And there was two of them. Yeah, but OK, Corey might have had the HIA. We had, to serve, we had to serve two players there in very important positions for 30 minutes in that game. Um, but the RLPA, um, they, they, don't, they don't trust coaches. All they do is want to come and talk to me about how much more time off the players are going to get and how much more money. Is that it? <laughs> that is it. Is that it? That is it. Right. Ricky looked very measured to me. But he likes to manipulate, and he does bring up questions. There's no doubt about it. Have you heard the joke about the two men that went to the bar, Paul Kent and Ricky Stewart? No one laughed. <laughs> Nobody laughs. And look, he's very critical of the RLPA. He says all they're interested in is getting more money for the players and more days off. Days off and money. That's my understanding of and their role as well. And they don't trust me. Yeah. You know? Well, trust. And we've seen what it's done to Seraldo and Gould. It's yeah. corrosive, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, the Raiders, what happened to them? They lost. They lost. Yeah, there's a little bit of calm on the weekend. And you know much how much I, I really love Melbourne, Chris, you know, <laughs> winning, a, winning a premiership in their second year of existence, right? Murdoch's millions, rorting two sets of books, etc., etc. 
Did you see less wrestle with the absence of the Bromishes, the Cheese and Kafusi, which was basically their entire and pack? Smith. I did indeed, Chris. But, you know, one thing I've got to praise here, Cameron Munster. You know, I don't have a friendly relationship with Cameron Munster at all, you know. Well, after the Hit the Road Jack incident. Hit the Road Jack. He was very, very pissed off at that. Uh, but anyway, he had a little uh, brush up with uh, Gutho. Yes. I don't like Gutho. Really? I don't know what it is. You know, you don't like someone? It's, it's partly, it's the hair. I think he takes it too personally. Yeah, he looks like... blowing up. He's wearing hair like he's the an hair, Eastern yeah. European tennis player. Yeah, yeah. And, and secondly, the nickname. The nickname. Because I mentioned Wally Lewis before. The king, the mantle sits well on the king's head, right? Yeah. Gutho, is Gutho called the king? They call him King Gutho. And no. It's, it's an overreach. Yeah, that's right. Look, uh, he's this, barely a baron. Right. In this Melbourne team, of which uh, they got up against Paris 16 12, uh, there was a yucky moment. There was indeed. There was a yucky moment, as he called it. He said, uh, when Munster pulled the tissue away from his hand, it revealed two fat pink sausages where his ring and middle fingers would normally reside. <laughs> I don't know, is he sneaking food on now? Is he getting hungry at <laughs> half time? The nail on the ring finger looked to be missing, but there's so much blood you couldn't tell. Uh, the journos the, the running joke was, so any thoughts of a late night Macca's run was over at that point. You know, he, obviously, hospital had to be dealt with. You know, They said he's gone off. He's not going to come back. It's a dislocated with some sort of break. Compound. Compound fracture. You can see the bones, Stephen. Right. Yeah. And the gutter journalism that you get from the Daily Astonisher was again in full effect yeah. when they, without any warning... Yeah put on the back page a picture where you could see the bones sticking out of sticking uh, out. Munster's yeah. hand. Absolutely. <laughs> Very tough. Good for, good for the kiddies. They love that stuff. Tell you what, though, they strapped it up and he played well. Well, we're getting to that. But, you know, in the meanwhile, there's a, the quiet man behind this is Tariq Sims, who left St. George. Well, was actually given leave of, go away, we don't need you anymore. Disposed summarily of. Munster says to Sims when he arrived, uh, what do you see after you're training with us? And he goes, um, well, to be truth, a bit of aggression, a bit of mongrel. So what does he do? No, does he snap his finger, has it taped up, two sausages somehow wrapped in as well, and goes back out and plays again. Like Clive Churchill, not Clive Churchill, was it Clive Churchill? The draw. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Sattler. Johnny, Sat- Johnny Sattler, that's right. Sean Kenny Dowell in the 2013 Grand Final. Absolutely. And who, and who got the stitches in his head on Saturday? Ma- Michael Devere. Oh, there you go. Stapled. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, there should be a wing in the Hall of Fame of Rugby League. This is Bellyache's swan song. This is it for Craig Bellamy. And he wants a couple of signature moves. Yeah. So he actually instructed Munster to go out and get a compound fracture. Right. Come out, win the game. Yeah. Take a couple of weeks off for your trouble. And when yeah. they write the story, yeah. this will be a key moment. That's probably nearly as big as the, uh, the, the, the win by the Dolphins this week. Nearly. <laughs> like, nearly. Like it's a, uh, there'll be something published in the Astonish yeah. on the weekend, which was more clicked on. Yeah. Munster's finger <laughs> or... Yeah. Or Dawn of the Dolphins. Dawn of the Dolphins. Now, asked as he left the field if he, if he required surgery, he said, you're asking the wrong bloke. I'm a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Classic. <laughs> I'm not even an independent yes, doctor. Yes, <laughs> yes. Hey, look, one thing I noticed about the power game, Josh Hodgson. Yes. He likes to throw a forward pass, doesn't he? Look, doesn't he? I know there's parallax error, <laughs> but I'm sitting there watching this thing with my mate John yeah. Roby, and I go, well, that's forward, yeah, yeah. that's forward, yeah. and that's forward. And you know what? He frowns. I think that puts the ref off. Yeah. He's always frowning. Well, maybe the ref is too fixated with why is Josh frowning? Is he having a go at me that he actually loses sight of the ball? Yeah. <laughs> Something wrong with the symmetry But of course, face. you've been advocating for the chip for so long now. The chip and the ball. It can't know. be that far away. Hello, Stephen. After about a minute or two... I'm feeling kind of fired up. Uh, do we want to talk about South Sydney and their and they're obviously they're doing it tough. They've gone from Amani, <laughs> right, to Ringers Western, two different fashion labels. If you go to Milan, you know, if you go to Paris, you go Ringers Western. 
Uh, maybe that cat walked down the road. I haven't heard of that one. I'm not really familiar with Ringers Western. Again, it shows that Crows obviously focus on his own health because he doesn't look a million bucks at the moment. Right. And so he's taken his eye off the ball and they've slipped this in without him knowing. I think Latrell Mitchell being the big agent of all this. Yeah. But I'm assuming Ringers Western... They love West, the country to look. Yeah, I'm assuming Ringers Western continues a marvellous tradition of Australian suits along the lines of Ruben F. Scarf and Silver no. Tex. Silver Tex? No. No, none of that. No, no. No, no, this is, this is country wear. So this is like an R.M. Williams play, is it? Exactly. That's, well, what the hell's, I, I what the hell's a, that got to do with sounds? It's the poor man's R.M. Williams, Chris. <laughs> I mean, the Cowboys, yes. Yeah. I mean, even the Dolphins are a reach. Well, you might have read also with Imani, George Joe, a good friend What's of Russell Crowe. What's Cook walking around in a pair of boots <laughs> Cowboy hat. Stetson? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's a funny sight, to be honest with you. Bow-legged. But no, uh, Armani struck up a deal with Russell Crowe. They were mates, you know, and it was worth about $150,000 a year. Here's Armani. New kits. But the rule was you had to pass the... The suit back. So maybe they just used up all those players and those suits have all gone back to Milan. End of story. That's another IHS. Yeah, and issue, then Ben Hunt, who apparently is invested in these Ringers Westerns, puts his hand up and says, Hey, I'll I've do got deal. something for you. Yeah. Out the back of the truck. It's more Aussie. I tell you what, though, this is another IHS issue like Artie's Ashes. No. I mean, the fact that South players could wear these suits and have to return them, yes, that's, oh, yes. that worries me. Now, Chris, for many years we've wondered about, the, I think the percentage of, of, can we just use the word gay or queer and just be done with it? You happy with that? I, I can give you, give you the acronym. LGBTQIA+. Got it. Okay. Now, uh, that percentage-wise, there's a rough average of how many per population? 10%. 10%. 10%. Now, we always just say, Ian Roberts, only gay in the village, right? Only one in rugby league. The sad commentary. Uh, I don't know if there's any in AFL. No, no in AFL. No, we, soccer? We, we, well, yes, we've got an active A-league player. And then, uh, most recently, Isaac Humphreys from Melbourne United yes. uh, in the NBL has yes. come out. I now. think you'll find it's a bit different in the women's rugby league and the women's AFL. In terms of declared, yes, I think declared. that's true. I, I think, think it is. I think that's a reasonable assumption, Stephen. It is a bit different. I'm getting somewhere here, Chris. <laughs> right. So, there was talk after last year's debacle about having... <laughs> <laughs> With the Manly Seaside 7. Yes, the Pride round wearing the colours of Pride. Hey, did you notice that, like World Pride just passed? Yes, it was. Not enough colour, Chris. <laughs> Not enough colour, I'm afraid. I, unfortunately, I was uh, uh, somewhat hampered by my knees, but I had representatives out there at the parties, the <laughs> domain. Their, their knees were having fun. My daughter and partner did the bridge. Okay. Had a great time. Okay. Uh, Left so, me at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah Convalescing. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, there's been talk of... You know, well, first of all, the rugby league were... were knocked out of the, the parade. They said, no, we don't want you anymore. No, no reason given. Except clear consequence there of last clear year's Clear consequence, yeah. No the matter what's been had said. enough. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I mean, the that, Swans that, got one. Did they just? Yeah. Did they yeah. just? How, how many gays in the Swans? Tell me this. Uh, how do the Swans get afloat in the parade where they've absolutely just occupied, you know, Blitzkrieg style the Royal Hall of Industries? They've taken out the Royal Hall of Industries. Hard the numbers that can dance there. half of the precinct of the Mardi Gras party. And they get rewarded by Mardi Gras with a float. It's a joke. Yeah, surely there's a price for that. Oh, my goodness. Whereas <laughs> the poor old NRL which has been representing with Langman yeah. and Wendell Saylor. They're stuck up in the cold end of, Mario. of, of Moore Park. Don't there. even get a gig. No, exactly. Um, very much a lot of disappointment. There was talk, though, Chris, that they might replace it with the name Respect. Now, that's pretty broad, isn't it? So this it? is the, 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 the interminable Herald polls. The Herald seems to do a poll of rugby league officials every week, as far as I can <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah. 80% of the clubs and players, etc., or whatever, said they would not be in favour of a pride jersey. Right? 80%? 80%. Gee. And so Volandis has strode in. Well, that's about right. 10% are... 90% aren't. Strode, you know? <laughs> strode in Colossus Silence. Yeah. Oh, I'll fix this. I'll fix this. We'll have a respect round. A respect. Because we're all about did he, inclusivity. Did you check with uh, Aretha Franklin's estate? Well, they'll just pocket whatever royalties they'll come to take the, the money. Okay, the publishing, right, right? Okay, right. And, and of course, in, in typical Volandis style, you sort of go, well, what's wrong with that? I mean, mm. because... 
we should be inclusive of everyone, right? Of everything. Right. But once you get into it, if you, if you have a respect round and it's about inclusivity, do we include... Oh, murderers. Do we include them? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I would argue no. Yeah. Ice, ice dealers. I think they should be excluded. Excluded, right. Roosters fans, they're Roosters gone. fans. And it starts to fall <laughs> apart, Stephen. I exclude Melbourne players or administrators or fans. The, the, the minute you want to include people... Everybody. Hitler's in the White House, Yeah, right? yeah. Hitler's in the White House. <laughs> so, so another... Vo- they throw around this word inclusive like it's nothing, you know? <laughs> like, like confetti. Yeah. Uh, it's another Volandi's folly. He'll be gone by the end of the year, right? <laughs> and, of course, the absolute bellwether of why this is a bad idea yeah. is leader of the Manly Seaside 7, Josh. Shallow, I said, I'm on board with respect. Now I'm on board. Right. Yeah. So that, of course, leads to Toby Rudolph, who bravely came out and said, I've snogged a couple of now, guys. Toby and, and is, this mic hasn't he, snogged a couple of guys, <laughs> Stephen. My hand is up. And, and, and Dan and Cronulla just wanted to pick up anybody? <laughs> That's well, anyway. he's on offer. Yeah, yeah. Because, you he's, know. He's good, isn't he? That's right. I don't see gender. Yes. No, I don't no, see no. sexuality. No, I just no. see a mouth. So he, he was disappointed. He was very disappointed. Yeah. And he said, you know what? I'm looking forward. To going to the parade. To in the parade. Be in the parade. Be on a flight on Saturday. Did he have an invitation? He was waiting for one, but he says, I will The swans, march. do they offer a, a leaf? <laughs> they won't touch him because he's a leaf Because right, okay. the swans aren't about inclusivity. They're about exclusivity. Ah, we know that. Says, oh, okay. And, and um, so, I mean, What about the Cootamundra mothers of? <laughs> there were plenty of those in representation. <laughs> yeah. That thing went for three hours. I'm in my hospital bed, <laughs> right, hitting, hitting the fentanyl pump. And I go, it's still going. You know, It's, it's always done that. It's the parents of, the parents and they cut, And they cut out the parents three, wanting to. And they cut out 300 floats. <laughs> I know. They called it I off. Know, there are a whole lot of people yeah. down in the holding pen yeah. that didn't get yeah. out there. So anyway, so there's Toby. We ready love to Toby. March. Yeah, ready to march. In what? What? Something colourful and short and skimpy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Bit of glitter. Yep. In the beard, which yep. is, and he's about to show on the hair off. But it was a big weekend in Sydney, wasn't it? Chris? It was. Yeah. And the offer came through. Yeah. Two tickets to Ed Sheeran. Oh no. Do I march in the Pride Mardi Gras World Pride yeah. Parade, yeah. or do I go see Ed hitting a lot of effects pedals? And a few bright lights and amongst 80,000 people. Yeah. Of course, he went to Ed You know what I am, Chris? Disappointed. <laughs> I'm angry, Stephen. <laughs> now, it's not just Ian Roberts' job. There's got to be somebody else to take over this role too. That's oh. it. Well, all applications would be warmly received. <laughs> but pride, respect or something else. There's the beautiful game, the sloppy game. And then there's the rugby league. <laughs> And that's it for the very first episode of the brand new rebooted Back to the Future Fire Up 2023. And very many thanks to the friends of Friends of Landis. Very much, very proud sponsors of the show. And Stephen, I've got some, well, I don't know if it's good news. Breaking news. The Dragons played this weekend. Ah, we're already two points up and we're playing again, are we? <laughs> that's good news for modern man Chris Files, I'm concerned. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!